Yeah, yeah. Ball so hard, you better believe me, it's scary. It's basketball, let the bar with Calvin and Barry. So put a tip in the jar, cause these dudes can really fill it up. Whether it's buckets you need enough just a beer in a cup. We're here for fresh conversations, got some delicious libations. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notifications. My boys, got you covered like you being guarded by pay. From the glove to the cloth, and everyone else in between. Calvin and Barry got everything that you need. So sit back, relax, because we're starting the show. It's basketball at the bar, grab your drinks and let's go. Yeah, yeah. Grab a drink and let's go. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Subscribe to the channel and turn on the notification. Let's get it. What up, ballers? Welcome to Basketball at the Bar. Join us live every weekday for the best NBA podcast here on YouTube, where the takes are hot and the drinks are cold. There's no dress code, and you can take us wherever you go. So pull up a stool, drop a like, and don't forget to subscribe. This is Basketball at the Bar. Grab your drinks, and let's go, Calvin. It's uh, it's Wednesday. I want to apologize to anybody that's been waiting on us. We are two hours late today. We had a bunch of things going on here in the studio, in the house, some inspections, stuff like that. But we're here. We're back. We were not going to miss out on an opportunity to hang out with you guys. So we got about an hour until game time, and we're here to hang out. Shout out to Progressive G. And Calvin, happy Wednesday. Happy Wednesday, Bear. A long intro, right? Yeah. How's your morning so day. far? You went and played some basketball? I've had a great day. Uh, I got to actually shoot and dribble on an indoor court for the first wow. time in three years bay wow three wow. years and i got kicked out i was only there for about 10 minutes this is a very famous court too right it is a very famous court it is the lahaina civic center it's where they host the maui invitational tournament every used thanksgiving to. week well used to yeah <laughs> hopefully it'll be back um but no, it's crazy i'm i'm fired up because i that's like my sanctuary man i miss yeah. that and even though i was only in there for a little bit it's like a a drug you know i can't get enough of it and I can't wait to go back. I know, man. I wish I could have joined you for that, but maybe maybe uh, sometime soon here. But let's jump here into the show. We're basically going to dedicate like 90% of this show to talking about the game today. As I mentioned, game three is tipping off here in about an hour. And uh, Calvin, it's in Boston. It's the first game in Boston, which is exciting. But before we jump into that, uh, there's two topics to cover real quick. You want to catch us up here? Yeah, well, first of all, uh, I mean, this is like minor newsworthy here, but the NBA and the NBA Players Association are having a, or had earlier, a preliminary meeting in Boston today focusing on the new CBA. The current collective bargaining agreement doesn't expire until the end of the 23-24 NBA season. However, both sides have a clause that they're able to um, opt out of the current CBA this December, by this December. So they're just getting together right now to have some early talks so that they can hopefully avoid a lockout situation like we've seen, not in all sports in the past. Uh, it doesn't seem, the, the warning signs or the, the panic meter on that seems to be very low at the moment. Mm -hmm. And again, that's why they're getting together early so that they can try to iron out any uh, differences that the two sides might have now before they, they get to the real deadline. Any significance in it being in Boston, or is this a 
business expense to go to game three of the finals. I think it's probably an excuse just to be in the area for an NBA finals game. A lot of these guys were going to be there anyway, probably like the commissioner and, and whatnot. So it's, it's probably just a fun, like, Hey, let's get together, talk about some stuff and then go watch game three. He's got a tough job, Adam Silver, but could you imagine where it's like, Oh, I need a ticket to the finals. Yeah. Like, come on. I, I gotta be sitting close. You're gonna put the commissioner up in the second level? Like, come on. I need courtside. Right. I need courtside. I don't if I was the commissioner, I don't know if I'd want to be courtside, actually. Do you think he has like many fans or like people that follow him around? They're like, Hey Adam Silver, can you sign he, my He probably has a few. And I bet Adam Silver has more of those people than David Stern did. Yeah, at least <laughs> at least uh in New York, maybe. Oh man. So, not a big deal, you're saying, for now? Well, for now, yeah. I mean, there are definitely issues that, again, as this you know gets closer and closer to the actual deadline or the opt-out date in December, that you know talks will heat up. But all points right now are indicating that there, we're not going to have – we don't need to be worried about an NBA lockout. Yeah. I think you mentioned the main point of discussion was competitive balance. There's a couple ones, but yes, competitive balance is definitely one that's going to be heavily brought up by the, the Players Association. Um, you know, you have rules that have been put in place in recent CBA negotiations and contracts, things like the luxury tax, uh, bird rights, all this stuff to try and incentivize mm-hmm. players to stay with their teams longer and not, you know, have the, the world of free agency be the controlling force in what makes good and bad teams. Um, and then on the other side of that coin, you, you have smaller market teams who are uh, complaining, maybe not isn't the right word to use currently, but they look at an organization like Golden State, who not only do they have all these great players and they've drafted really well, but they're a big market team. They're the second highest valued team in the NBA, and that gives them the advantage to spend this year $170 million into the luxury tax wow. in order to keep their team competitive and relevant smaller market teams like Oklahoma city, like Sacramento, they don't necessarily have that same ability, same advantage. Mm -hmm. So that will be brought up. Um, but again, these issues right now are, are not like, uh, DEFCON five things that we need to worry about crushing the entire agreement. And just in case, if there's no NBA next season, we'll still be here. So you guys can <laughs> tune in and watch us. Progressive G says, what do you think will happen with the new CBA? Will the owners get back a bit more power? Uh, what do you exactly mean by that? I want to hear from you, Progressive. What do you think they could do to get back some power? Because you're right. like The power is definitely shifted towards the players. And I don't know if it's ever going back or how to even put it back in the players. But... On a larger scale, I feel like power is going to the worker or the employee or whoever in all aspects, not even just in the NBA, but like you look at YouTube, you look at a lot of these platforms like the creators, the artists, the musicians, they're being empowered um, and kind of like the middleman or, or the guy that like makes the connections is kind of slowly being eliminated out of a lot of these things. So I, I'm interested to hear your take progressive, but um, I don't know what they can do to get power back. Yeah, it's interesting. You know, certainly the last couple of years have had a huge effect on 
just business as a whole, right? The way everything is, is run, um, the amount of money that is available. And uh, another note to keep in mind here, while the, the CBA expires at the end of the 23-24 season, the new television rights deal ends at the end of the 24-25 season, I believe. Mm-hmm. And, and once you go into that new deal, um, the league is expecting a lot, a big increase in uh, rights and fees and stuff going to the the broadcasting companies for the TV rights. So Yeah, just kind of like last time too, yeah, right? Yeah. And maybe we'll see the salary cap it might bump go up back as well. Up. Yeah. But, I mean, just back on the point of, of players versus owners, honestly, like the reason why basketball is such a popular sport is because it doesn't cost a lot of money to play. Like literally you need a basket, which could be a trash bin, <laughs> a waste basket, anything in a, a ball. Peach basket. That's it. Um, I think I was watching something last night where they were talking about the, oh, it was on the, um, oh, who was it? The Dirk documentary mm-hmm. where they were talking about his coach and they were talking about like, I think it was his coach's mentor before that was like the one that played in the first league where they had an actual like waste bucket up there. But back to my point, it doesn't cost a lot of money to play yeah. basketball. Yeah. So if you were to look at it objectively here without the players, there's nothing right. The players can still play basketball without the owners, right? Like maybe it's pickup games. Uh, you know, people can record it, broadcast it, stuff like that. Not that I'm saying that's going to happen because Obviously, you're talking about millions, billions of dollars here. Mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, negotiating, the players have all the power because they are necessary for the game to happen. The owners are not so necessary, in my opinion. Yeah, yeah, not in a way. Um, I think that's a good comment, too, Progressive, just finding a way to limit the amount of, of uh control a player has in where they end up playing, you know? Yeah. I mean, if you're a free agent, you obviously should control your own destiny and all that stuff. But forcing your way into trades and, mm-hmm. you know, that can really put a franchise or an organization in a, in a really difficult position. So We've seen in the past they've done things in the CBA, like the amnesty clause and stuff like yeah. that, to kind of like – eliminate a bad contract and help a team but they still had to like pay out that player and then uh, it would like count towards their cap for like three or four years or something like that they would spread it out maybe they could do something like where if a player like ben simmons says he's not going to play for the team anymore maybe um you know the team can like have an exempt list that they can put him on to where he doesn't count towards the salary cap and he can't sign anywhere else but then again, they're still stuck paying him like hundreds of millions of dollars. They could maybe put a provision in there where it's like, okay, if you're on this exempt list, your salary is cut in half or more. But I don't know if the PA would, would agree to that. Yeah, they wouldn't. And, so. and that would be a hard thing, you know, when somebody brings up an issue like mental illness, um, that, exactly. that would be a, an easy way to fight that, right? Like Exactly. So it, it's difficult. It's, it's a very difficult thing to do to find that common ground. Yeah, yeah, it is tough. Speaking of common ground, players from the 80s and 90s are finding less and less common ground with today's (laughs) players. Uh, Calling today's players soft, the current era soft. Uh, We've been seeing it more and more in the news. 
about, you know, just comments on how players only care about what tattoos, Instagram girls. Yep. Um, they're coddled. Yeah. What are your thoughts on this, Calvin? This, I'm very this mixed. conversation is so funny to me. I mean, this is definitely not the first time we've heard this, right? It seems to like come in, in phases, especially during the finals. And, and right now it's <laughs> super hot. Uh, so <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this. Um, first Tell us of all, how you really feel, Cal. <laughs> first, let's address the old farts, right? The 80s and 90s guys. Old farts. Okay. okay. Here's my issue. You, your biggest point right now is that guys in today's league are soft, and guys like Draymond Green would get knocked out if he played in the 80s and 90s. First of all, why is that something to be proud of? I don't understand why we <laughs> brag about that to begin with. We're talking about basketball, not boxing or the MMA. Yeah, yeah. It's a beautiful game, and it shouldn't be mucked up by guys who punch each other in the face. And second of all, the idea that players in today's game aren't tough. You think Dwight Howard isn't tough? That guy's built like a Greek god. Anybody in, the, in their right mind who thinks that Bill Lambeer is tougher than Dwight Howard because he chose to punch a couple people during a game knows absolutely nothing, okay? Bill Lambeer punched people during a game because he wasn't a skilled basketball player. <laughs> That's why he punched people. So don't give me this crap about how guys aren't tough in today's game. Now, as, as it goes to today's players, I understand that you're tired of being called soft. You're tired of people saying, oh, we complain too much. But here's the problem. They do complain too much. And yes, J.J. Redick, I, I love J.J. Redick. I love listening to him. I love it when he makes Stephen A. Smith look like a buffoon on national television. <laughs> but I did have a problem with some, some things that he was saying today. He was arguing with Stephen A. Smith that guys in the 80s and 90s complained as well. Jordan complained. Pip, uh, Gary Payton complained were two of the names that he used. And he's absolutely right. They did complain. But that's why guys complain so much today, because they grew up watching that, and it became yeah. an okay thing. And the problem is now that not guys complain or that star players complain. Stars will always complain. The problem today is that everyone complains, and they complain constantly. Even the 10th guy off the bench is always in the ref's face. You think in a uh, 1990s playoff game, if B.J. Armstrong or Bill Wennington thought they got fouled and they started talking to the ref what would michael jordan have done punch him in the face He'd punch him in the face probably and say dude yeah. get back on defense also yes michael jordan <laughs> would complain but he would never waste a possession on defense to talk to the ref i see lebron do that all the time during games yeah, i see luka Doncic do it all the time during games so i understand people who especially guys who play in today's era are tired of that narrative but the problem is that it's become an epidemic. It's way too constant all the time, and it's affecting the the actual game at hand. We yeah. saw Luca do it two possessions in a row in a playoff game this se this yeah. season. Yeah. So both sides need to just chill out, forget about it. This conversation is so stupid about which era is better or which era is tougher. Um, it, it just celebrate guys that were good in the eighties and nineties and celebrate guys that are good today and stop fucking complaining. I'm sick of it. Yeah. Yeah. 
I got a lot to say on this also. It's but so I, lo- I love that rant by you. That was a good one. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, for me, it comes down to a couple different things. First off, today's players are so much more skilled than they were in the 80s and the yes, 90s. Yes, that's another great And point. I think that that creates some jealousy, right? Sure. Because if you're the third best player on your team nowadays versus the third best player in the 80s, there is a big difference there. On top of that, you throw in the money, right? Like, I feel like there's so many players from the 80s and 90s that are still salty because... And they they have a right they, to be. Yeah, like, they you know? created the or they helped yeah. build the foundation. Yes. And now these guys are making $20 million to not even play a single game. John Wall, $40 yeah. million, yeah. didn't play a single game. So I see that. And that kind of adds in a lot of other components too, right? Like the obsession with jewelry and tattoos and all these things. I feel like a lot of these kind of started with Allen Iverson, right? Like he made those things popular. He made those things cool. And not that they weren't cool before, but he made it cool to like get those and show it off. And like, you're not as cool as me unless you have these in the public. And he seems to be financially hurting a little bit because of stuff like that. But for me, the main difference is money and also everybody has a voice now social media yeah really all the interviews point. and stuff like that like everybody has a voice if i were to ask you calvin if you were to rank pat beverly in terms of like best players on the timberwolves where would he be oh man um fourth no he might even be lower than that i, I mean i think i'd put Jaden mcdaniels over him right now and he has the ability to go on to ESPN and complain about whatever he wants and yeah. have the loudest voice in the room for weeks on end after he gets eliminated from the playoffs. There's no way that would happen in the 80s or the 90s. Maybe Jordan had a voice. Maybe Pippen. Maybe Rodman. Yeah. I don't even know how much of a voice those two guys really had. It was mainly Jordan had a voice, you know. But uh, If you ask Scottie Pippen, he had no voice. Could you imagine <laughs> having the sixth guy off the bench having a voice and being able yeah. to go on ESPN, having his own podcast, making hundreds of millions of dollars. Like that right there is the big difference to me. Um, it's not even the whole complaining thing, which I love how you, <laughs> you took it towards that route. Cause I want to talk about that too. But like, if you're just to talk about like the difference between today's players and in yesteryear's players, today's players are a lot more skilled and they make a lot more money. They are true professionals yeah. In terms of like a lot of guys from the 80s, 90s, maybe had a second job or, or you know, they had a shorter career and, and this was not their entire life. Maybe the, like the top guys are, but not everybody. And uh, as far as like complaining goes, Pro- Progressive G says complaining about a bad call is much different than complaining about demanding a trade. Like Anthony Davis and Ben Simmons, um, that stuff didn't happen anywhere as often as it today. And you're right, and that's part of the yep. player empowerment and part of the fact that you give this guy 100 or $200 million, that's FU money, man. Once you've already made that much, you can literally say to your team, I don't need any more money from you. I, I want my money, but I have the stability now to say, F you, I don't want to be on your team. Trade me or I'm never playing again. Guys didn't have that opportunity in the 80s and 90s because they weren't getting paid this much money. Yeah. Um, but as as far as like complaining to the referees go, 
I think it's way out of control. Just look at what Draymond Green has been doing, and look at what he's been saying. Yes, the referees treat me differently. I earned it. I deserve it. And I enjoy that they treat me differently. That's a bunch of crap, man. Get that shit out of here. Everyone needs to be officiated the same. And I think the referees really just, there needs to be a point, and you can't do it in the middle of the NBA Finals. But there needs to be a point, maybe it's at the start of next year or something, where you're like, we're putting our foot down. You can say one, two things to me, or you can say, ask me about the call or something like that. But if it's any more than that or this continued back and forth, it distracts the referee, and the referee can't do their job while they're having a player jawing at them. So they need to step their foot down, and they need to say something like, hey, you say something again, that's a technical. Like, they need to get on that. And it would take maybe a month, maybe a few weeks of going through that before it finally sits in. It's like, okay, this is how the game is going to be now. But I don't really know, man. That's really tough. They complain way too much. They do. They do. And, yeah, I mean, the one of the biggest or, or easiest uh, reasons to point to why it's so different are just, like, progressive g is saying in these last two comments it's a different game as you mentioned this the talent level is much higher from top to bottom than it's ever been in basketball guys are just ridiculous shooters which spreads the game open there's not as much there's no hand checking like we point out here Mm -hmm. and i want to point out that a lot of those things are for the better yeah, yeah. Like, the, no, the rule change is a good. It's, it's a good it, opinion, but it, it makes you're right. It makes you able to watch better basketball, more yep. skilled basketball. Yep. Like, it's it's not a question of softer or or anything like that. It's that you get to see why guys are so talented now, and yep. it's on display all the time. Yeah, people are not paying to see an 80 to 80 game. Exactly. With a Another bunch thing of that JJ Reddick said today, if you want to yeah. watch a 72-72 NBA Finals game, be my guest, but yeah. that's not the game I want to watch. Yeah, people want high-flying dunks. They want alley-oops. They want deep threes. They want exciting yeah. things. And that's why the NBA has become so popular is because the NBA has embraced that. And the final thing I'm going to say about this whole situation is just like in comparing players – that play different positions, it's almost impossible to compare different generations of players or different eras of the NBA because there's so many different variables, the rule changes, Mm -hmm. all that stuff. So uh, very, very hard to compare. And your initial point that you made after after your rant there (laughs) was everybody needs to chill the fuck out and just enjoy what you're watching. Exactly, exactly. And Progressive G, there was zone defense in the 90s. In fact, it was easier to play zone defense in the 90s because you didn't have a defensive three-second rule. doesn't mean they played it as often, but they definitely did play zone in the 90s. Yeah, and they didn't have Steph Curry making shots. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Wherever. All right, enough about that, Calvin. Let's jump here into the game because that's what we're really here for. Today's exciting, and I'm glad you're fired up um, because we have game three of the NBA Finals today. It uh, tips off here in about 40 minutes or so. It's in Boston, the first game in Boston. The series is tied 1-1 in Boston. Calvin, Boston has home court advantage right now. As of now. which Which is a little crazy. Boston's favored by three and a half this game, the first game they have been favored in this series. And the over under is at 214. Calvin, first thoughts on the game. Also, real quick, 
Nobody on the injury report for Boston. Iguodala, Porter, Peyton, all listed day-to-day for Golden State. Yep, yep. Um, first thoughts on the, the game today are going to be what – how does Boston come out of the locker room to start the third quarter? Because they've been outscored by 33 points in the third quarter in this series in games one and two. And if it wasn't for that fourth quarter, they'd be down 2-0 right now in a big, big hole right? You know, in this series. Um, how are Marcus Smart and Al Horford going to play? They're at home. They have the home court, the home crowd behind them. You would think that they play better uh, than they did in game two, co- uh, combined four points between the two of them. And then for Golden State, I- I'm looking at Clay Thompson. You know, he's ever, all eyes seem to be on him right now, especially after his comments in the post-game conf- or post-game press conference after game two saying he's going to go on YouTube and, and type in game six clay to get some motivation <laughs> for, for the rest of this series. So how does he come out? And, and because if he all of a sudden turns it on and starts knocking down threes all over the place, like we know he's capable of, that's really going to change things from a defensive standpoint for Boston. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And, you know, just being at home too is, is a huge difference. I'm looking here at the past five games for Golden State. You beat Dallas, you lose to Dallas. You beat Dallas, you lose to Boston. You beat Boston. Lose to Boston today? We'll see. That's the the pattern. The Warriors have in this playoffs, they've won every single first road game in the series, in in every series so far. Okay, interesting. So we have two conflicting trends. Yes. And you know what they say, the trend is your friend <laughs> so um, but you can if you look hard enough you can find a trend probably in any direction that you want yeah and and techno peasant i like that comment too if anybody doesn't know the the warriors basket today for warm-ups when they got to the gym was too tall they measured it oh wow they, they pulled a hoosiers brought out the measuring stick it was over 10 feet tall they had to get it adjusted Wow. Before warm-ups today. So wow. Boston's pulling out all the stops They here. are pulling out all the stops. If you don't know, now you know. Don't <laughs> peasant Boston <laughs> used their home court advantage to sabotage the Warriors. Well, they better check it again at halftime because, yeah. you know, there's they could have an interesting uh, maybe glow-in-the-dark halftime show <laughs> that allows them maybe. to get near that basket. The question that I want to know is, or or the answer is, did they change? Did they measure both hoops or just one? I don't know. I, I just saw a picture on Instagram of the the ruler or the measuring stick hanging from the rim, uh, and it wasn't touching the ground. It was like an inch or half an inch or whatever off the ground. Oh, man. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know football is a game of inches, but apparently basketball is a game of inches now too. All right, so will the Celtics make any defensive changes in Boston? We kind of briefly touched on this. Any other thoughts on defensive changes? Well, as of right now, the Celtics have no reason to change anything. They're, they're packing the paint um, because, yes, the Warriors shoot a ton of threes, but they really kill teams by their ability to get to the basket. And Steph has been really good in games one and two. They haven't, you know, Jordan Poole played much better in game two. But outside of that, they haven't had anybody really kill them from the outside, which isn't stretching that defense. So right now, what Boston is doing is they're going to let Steph 
go one-on-one on on these Mm -hmm. pick and rolls. They're not going to blitz him. They're not going to completely trap and try to force the ball out of his hands because right now they're living with the fact that, okay, Steph might get hot, but as long as nobody else beats us, we're good. Yeah. That's where I'm talking about if Clay comes out and plays like Clay Thompson or the Clay Thompson that we know, that's when Boston will have to start saying, okay, now we have to actually worry about these guys and what are we going to do with Steph in the pick and roll? Is he going to have complete wide open lanes to get to to penetrate um, or get guys going under the screens in which he's just going to light it up all day? So if I'm Boston right now, I'm saying I'm okay because nobody else has really – uh, gotten hot or, or really caught fire against us. Wiggins has had a, a couple good quarters, but he hasn't shot the ball ridiculously well. Clay hasn't, and Jordan Poole was pretty ineffective in game one. So you, at, right now, if you're Boston, you stay the course until somebody makes you change. Yeah, I agree. I agree. <clears throat> I'm just I'm just looking here at the salary cap differences between these two teams. <laughs> Boston's paying $133 million this year. To have this team on the court, Gold State, 178 million. So that's 40 million dollars more, which is pretty wild, almost 40. That's uh, that's no Clay Thompson, or no Wiggins, one of those guys. Yeah. Off, and then their equivalent, which is quite weird. Who's your X factor for Game Three? Well, if if I'm talking about the Celtics. I'm not going to pick any one particular guy, although I think it's pretty easy to say Marcus Smart or Al Horford should be the X factor, right? Like if they get a good game out of one of those two guys, they have a really good chance to win. Mm -hmm. But when you're talking about the Celtics, it really comes down to one stat, turnovers. Yep. It's been well documented at this point, but the Celtics in the postseason, 13-2 and when they turned the ball over 15 times or less, 0-5 and when they turned the ball over 16 times or more. I think 19 in game two. 19 in game two. And the 33 points off those 19 turnovers for the Warriors, second highest, tied for the second highest in a finals game in NBA finals history. Wow. So that's what it's all about if if you're Boston. It's finding ways to take care of the ball, be more deliberate with your passes, your cuts, um, not over-penetrating. Jalen Brown has been really, really bad at that at some time, Mm -hmm. in some cases. If they can take care of the ball, they're at home, they stand a great chance to win. For uh, the Warriors, uh, I've already put it out there, so I'm just going to keep going with it. It's Clay Thompson. Game like, six if he, Clay. Yeah, if he's game six Clay today, the Celtics have a lot more to worry about all of a sudden. Okay. I got two different uh, X factors. Well, one of them's kind of similar. I got Al Horford for sure. I think Al needs to have a big game. He needs to be big Al in this game. I think if he plays well, uh, I would say if he has a double-double in this game, the Celtics win. As far as the Warriors, I'm looking at Draymond Green. I think he's my X factor. I know he had a <laughs> the the well coveted triple single <laughs> in Game Two, but uh, for me, I, I'm really looking at it as far as like how much time is Draymond actually going to be on the court? If he's in foul trouble or if he gets ejected this game, I think the Warriors lose. I think if he, if he's able to remain on the court in crunch time, I think the Warriors win this game. And I'm really looking forward to see what the referees do with handling Draymond Green because he made some pretty bold statements after the last game. And you know 
the referees are probably paying attention to that stuff. And they probably yeah. got a call from the league office. Uh, speaking of another trend. Yeah. You ready for this? Yeah. Boston 12-0 and this postseason when Scott Foster officiates the game. Oh, wow. 12-0. And, and he's here? I think he's Today? A, I think he is working game three. Good thing uh, Chris Paul is, is not out there, right? Um, but, yeah, so my biggest factor is, is Draymond even going to be available for this whole game? Because I could see a situation where he gets tossed. Um, I could see a situation where they just go at him early and they get him frustrated. They get him in foul trouble. If he's able to play the whole game and play well, Warriors win. If Big Al can get a double-double, play big, Celtics win. Yeah, we'll I see think what that's happens. fair. We'll see what happens. Um, I, yeah, progressive G. Uh, Al Horford has to step it up like game one. And agreeing with you, Celtics got to stop turning the ball over. 100%. Techno Peasant, do you guys think Draymond will make it to the end of the game today? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's, I already gave you my, all, my opinion. It's all up to him, man. I don't know. It's yeah. all up to him. He's got to find a way to keep keep it in check enough and still play with that intensity that, you know, the Warriors obviously feed off of. And sometimes that's a very fine line to walk, especially on a, on the road Yep. in a hostile environment like the TD Garden, which is one of the loudest places to play in the entire league. Yep. So and also it's, known it's for up to uh, him. racial slurs yes. as well. Yes. Which is quite unfortunate, and you know that can get under guys' skins as well. Um, for me, yeah, Draymond. It's hard to tell. Like I've learned a few things in my life. Not a lot of things, but I've learned a few things. One of them is is you can't try and think rationally about an irrational person, <laughs> and honestly. I think Draymond Green is an irrational person, or at least he can be at times. Um, maybe not all all the time. Maybe off the court he's a very rational person. But I see situations on the court where he gets in his feelings and he becomes irrational. And if that happens, there's no telling what he's going to do. So like Calvin said, it's really up to him whether he stays on the court tonight or not. Jay Drew says he will probably get tossed tonight. He's been testing the water too much. Yeah. Uh, yeah, and it – didn't seem like he learned his lesson in game two. It seemed like he doubled down on it. So, oh, yeah. Uh, maybe the ball's in the referee's court in this game, right? Yeah, just it like, just might be. No, Draymond, no, no. <laughs> you can't do that. No, Draymond. I don't know. Do you wear headphones if you're a referee or earplugs? Or, like, what do no, you do if the guy's just yelling at you the whole game long? I mean, that unfortunately, that's what these guys are, are used to. Get paid millions of dollars and go sleep <laughs> in my mansion afterwards. That's the correct answer, right? I don't know if any ref makes millions of dollars. but You don't think Scott Foster's a millionaire? Well, he might be a millionaire at this point in his life, but I don't. I would be very surprised if any official made a million dollars during the course of an NBA season. I mean, maybe they're not making a million dollars from the NBA. Six figures, but sure. maybe they're making a like, million yeah, dollars from other sources. And, yeah, these guys are getting huge. Uh, <laughs> oh, man, you had to throw that one in there. These guys are obviously getting big-time bonuses for refing NBA Finals games and playoff games and things like that. Yep. But. Speaking of other parties involved, Vegas definitely had their, their hands all over uh, – the, the Kings-Lakers series. I'm just going to put that out there for sure. And if you'd like to get your hands all over this series, hey, we're sponsored by Bet Us. All you need to do is go down below in the description, click on that link, and uh, they will provide you 125% of your first deposit 
And you can bet on the game today and hopefully win some money. And maybe you guys would be willing to share with us if we give you some good tips. Calvin, I'm, I'm looking here on the Bet Us website right now. A lot of interesting bets going on today. Um, you know, we got point spread. We got money line on the game. Over under that I said is 214. Uh, and then we got a bunch of prop bets here. I want to go over a couple of these with you and just kind of see which one you like. Uh, first one, we got a ton of Steph Curry bets here. Now, this is total points plus rebounds plus assists over his 39 and a half. Then you have total points plus assists and over of 33 and a half. Total points plus rebounds is also 33 and a half. And then total rebounds and assists 10 and a half. Total points 28 and a half. There's a ton more, but any of those you like? Man, I, I mean, it, with Steph, you, you could like them all. Like, I feel like if you're going to take one, you might as well take the rest of them because he, he's in a, in a good zone right now. Um, he's de He's been the only warrior, really, that has been uh, super consistent in terms of scoring. He's averaging 32 points per game in the finals right now. So, yeah, I mean, go big. Okay. I, I see an Andrew Wiggins here one that I really like. This is total points, rebounds, and assists for Andrew Wiggins. It's only 23 and a half. I like the over on that. Yeah, that's an interesting one. You know, Andrew Wiggins is asked to do so much for Golden State on the defensive end. Uh, you know, I, I wonder how much that wears on him over the course of a, a whole game uh, in terms of, you know, offensively being able to create your own shot late in the fourth quarter, or get to the basket, um, or, you know, how tired your legs are when you're putting up threes. So he's certainly capable of having a big game. Um, but I think my money's on clay today. Okay. I really do. We also have a Draymond Green total points, rebounds, and assists. It's only 21 and a half. You like that better than the Wiggins one? Uh, no, not really. I, I just don't think Draymond is going to, put up double digit points so that that one's tough for me clay thompson 24 and a half total points rebounds assists yeah take the over you like the over on that one take it dude there's so many prop bets on here if you guys love betting go to bet us because there is a ton of stuff here to bet on i gotta i gotta stop looking at this calvin i'll spend all my money and then the game will be over and i'll either have a ton of money or no money at all <laughs> Or I can just bet like Ethan and bet both sides, and then you come out even or, yeah, or below. True. Foster does have ties to Donahue. Oh, really? Donahue. Or say Donahue. Uh, made a lot of money, but there's a different story. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty crazy. Pretty crazy. Anything last to say about this game, Calvin, before we jump here into Q&A? Just can't wait to watch it, finally. Yeah. Feels like it's been months since we had a game. I know it really has. These these breaks in between games are very rough on me. However, Friday's game is going to be pretty soon for game four. Yeah, so we're true. only going to have one day. And then another game on Sunday. No, Monday. Oh, you're right. Sorry, Monday. Yeah, then Monday. two days off. Then we have Monday. And uh, that's all that's scheduled so far. All right, guys, let's jump in here into Q&A. So if you guys have any questions, we got answers. Make sure you go ahead and drop them there in the chat, and we would be happy to answer these for you. Also want to remind you all, I posted a bunch of videos this morning, four clips actually from yesterday's show, where Calvin and I rebuild 
the teams at the bottom of the West. I'm talking about the Thunder, the Blazers, the Rockets, the Sacramento Kings. If you guys are interested in our thoughts on those teams and what they can do to put themselves in a good position for next season, check out those videos. I also want to remind you all that we will be live tomorrow on this channel and on Royal Rebounds as well. Uh, so 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, the, the normal time on this channel, and then 4.30 p.m. Pacific Standard Time on Royal Rebounds. We'll be talking Sacramento Kings, all your questions, all that fun stuff. We'll be talking about the draft, breaking down the top five draft picks. It's going to be a lot of fun, so make sure you guys stay tuned for that. Any questions, anybody? All right, Progressive G says, do you guys prefer the 2-2-1-1-1 seven-game series format or the 2-3-2 format? I, I like 2-2-1-1-1. <clears throat> and? <laughs> I, I just think you give, uh, if you have it 2-3-2, two, two, you could potentially be giving too much of an advantage to the the away team away team or the you know the lower seeded team or the team with the worst the the lesser record however you yeah. want to put it yeah i agree exactly with that i mean just look at this final series right if if we were 2-3-2 two, two, boston could win the next three games at home and close the series out which would be quite unfortunate for the warriors and especially for the warriors fans cuz they only got to see two games in the finals yeah. for their team that has home court advantage so I definitely prefer 2-2-1-1-1. Two, two, one, one, one. And it also gives it a lot more excitement too, right? Like a six a, game, a series goes to six games, and it's like, okay, well, the next two games are at home. So I, if I lose six, I got game seven or, or whatever, versus the 2-2-1-1-1, two, two, one, 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 it's like on the edge. It's like got to win this game because we're going to the next building for the next game. So e easy, easy for me. Do you think the NBA will ever go back to 2-3-2? Or why did they do that in the first place? Just travel? I'm, I'm not really sure. Yeah, travel, I think, was was definitely a part of it. Um, and another advantage for the league having it 2-2-1-1-1 is they get to drag the series out longer, right? Because yep. you have more travel or travel days come up sooner, and uh, you know, so they get to extend it a little bit further. Yeah, what about the bubble, right? Yeah. Like all seven games are in the bubble. Mm -hmm. And it did it even say their names on the court? I didn't think it did because it said like Black Lives Matter, right? Like It did. Oh, they, they had didn't that even video. Have their names on they the had the jerseys. They had the video board behind that would like show the logo, right, of the home team. Yeah. yeah. But I wasn't sure if the players could see that or if that was just for oh, TV. Oh, the players or not. could definitely, I think, definitely see it. Okay. Because they, they basically built a whole screen around the top half of the bowl yeah. so it wouldn't look like it was an empty stadium. Okay. Interesting. That's a weird, a weird situation, man. Very. And LeBron won the bubble. Like, how many players can be like, I won a championship in the bubble? Yeah. And Jimmy Butler played incredibly well. I, the bubble was weird for me because I feel like, like we saw it benefit Jimmy Butler, right? But I feel like the bubble benefits players other than Jimmy Butler. Like, in terms of Jimmy Butler is a motivated guy. He's going to show up to practice. He's going to show up to a game. No distractions going to affect him. Versus I feel like the bubble 
should have been better for players like a, a Michael Beasley or or somebody that has all these distractions in their life. And they're like, finally, I have a chance to focus just on basketball because I'm in the bubble, right? But weird. Maybe maybe TJ Warren's one of those guys. I yeah, don't I don't know. I mean, it, it's just a very – it's such a unique set of circumstances, not just for playing basketball or practicing, but for living life, right? Like, yeah. I mean, as much as – these guys uh, are all about basketball all the time. They're still creatures of habit and they have their lives and their routines and stuff. And all of that got completely thrown yeah. away when you, when you go into the bubble. So the two guys I can think of that had the most fun in the bubble, J.R. Smith, because they had a <laughs> golf course and yeah. the dude loves yeah. to golf. And I think he, didn't he win a championship with the Lakers? Uh, yeah. So, so he's having a good time. Other guy, Paul George yeah. loves to fish. Uh, they were out there fishing every day. Sweet Lou had a pretty good time too, yeah. Yeah. but he got to leave the bubble. Yeah. Yeah. Go get some wings. Do you guys think the lack of fans in the stands made some guys play much better? I mean, probably, but at the same time, like yes these guys no. have played in front of guys yeah, forever. You're, you're so used to playing in front of a huge crowd, e even in high school now at this point or yeah. AAU, you know, I mean, you have lots of people in attendance at games from the time you're, 15 16 years old all the way up through the pros so uh i, I think maybe some people kind of liked it at first mm -hmm. but again it's one, too. it's one of those routine things where you're like it it's noticeably different so it yep. anything that's making your mind focus even the slightest bit less on what's happening on the court at that yeah. moment is a big deal yeah it could be kind of like eerily quiet or like you know like you hear everything yeah. that everybody's well, playing they, they tried to pump in the crowd noise and yeah. stuff th during the games and and i think for all cir the circumstances that were given the nba actually did a pretty good job i mean it, it's impossible to make it feel exactly like a normal game Definitely. but i think they did a pretty good job overall of of doing their best, well, but still, it, it's still a very different zero atmosphere. cases. So well, yeah, they did too. the best job that they could do. Zero, zero cases reported. <laughs> reported, yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> reported. That's an important word to throw in there. <laughs> um, but yeah, the I feel like the hardest part was probably getting used to not having fans and then going back to packed stadiums again, and maybe not for like a guy like LeBron James or someone that's been doing it for so long. But I look at a guy like Tyrese Halliburton, who's yeah. like rookie season, is like you don't really have a full training camp. Everything's kind of weird. Like you're already adjusting to a new environment, a new you know job, and it's not normal. And nobody knows what's going on because it's all different. And maybe you play a year like that, and then you're like, okay, year two. Oh, wow, there's people back in the stands again. I'm just relearning how to do this job again. Yeah. I feel like it was really tough on their draft class. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. And guys like Anthony Edwards have definitely picked it up as of as of late, mm -hmm. playing incredibly well. Yeah, that's a lot of travel from San Francisco to Boston and back. But it it is, but I would like to travel from San Francisco yeah. to Boston the way that those guys travel. Yeah, they're not San sitting Francisco in the middle seat. Boston. They're they're not sitting <laughs> in the middle seat. They're probably sleeping on the plane. They're probably yeah. all set up. They they so. don't even have to sit for the entire flight if they don't want to. Yeah. Must be nice, huh? Wow. Calvin, I think we should have chosen a different career path. Oh, trust me. <laughs> I, I wanted to. <laughs> all right. Any last questions? We appreciate you guys watching the show today. 
Hopefully you are excited for Game 3. I know I am, and uh, Calvin is as well. You're going to get to watch half the game before you go to work? or Yeah, a little less than half probably. But That's okay. Just don't look at the score, which I know is hard for you at work. Man, it'll be it on later. TV at work anyway, so it is what it is. At least the Bulls aren't playing, right? Yeah. Or would you prefer them? Well, I would definitely prefer <laughs> the Bulls to be in the finals, but. Yeah. Wow. All right, guys. Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode. We greatly appreciate it. Uh, like I said, we apologize for being a couple hours late today. We had some things going on earlier, but we appreciate you guys for fitting us into your schedule. Please hit that like button. Please hit that subscribe button. Please go ahead and share this video in this channel with all your favorite basketball fans. Don't forget, we will be back tomorrow, 3, per, uh, 3 p.m. Pacific Standard Time and 4.30 Pacific Standard Time on Royal Rebounds, our Kings-specific channel, if you are a Kings fan. Also, if you guys have anything that you want to see on a future show, let us know down below in the comments. Thank you guys for watching. Calvin, any last words? Enjoy the game. We'll see you tomorrow. Thank you, guys. Don't forget to tip your bartender. <laughs>